Hello, this is Anna from NewsLaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 25th of September. India recorded 29,616 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the infection tally to over 3.36 crore. Today's count is 5.6% fewer than yesterday's. With 290 deaths in the last 24 hours, the death toll rose to 446,658. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. At the court meeting yesterday, Prime Minister Narendra Modi said that India will facilitate the export of 80 lakh doses of the Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine for the Indo-Pacific region by the end of October. According to Reuters, the court will pay for the majority of the doses. The Council of Scientific and Industrial Research yesterday said that the third wave of the coronavirus would have low intensity in its impact on the population as a large section has been inoculated with either the first or second dose. The research body's director general Dr. Shekhar C. Mande said that continued vaccinations would ensure that the disease is largely prevented. ANI quoted him as saying and I quote if a person tested positive after being jabbed the severity of covid-19 is also reduced even if the third wave comes then the intensity will be low and much less than compared to the second wave unquote meanwhile the karnataka government yesterday decided to allow 100% occupancy at cinema halls from 1st of october in districts that have less than 1% positivity rate Globally according to Johns Hopkins University the coronavirus has infected over 231.92 million people and caused more than 4.75 million deaths in the peer reviewed medical journal the british medical journal the world health organization yesterday recommended treating severe covid-19 patients with a combination of two antibody treatments the who guideline development authority suggested combining casirivimab and imdevimab for covid-19 patients the two antibodies are monoclonal antibodies that when used together bind to the sars-cov-2 spike protein neutralizing the virus's ability to infect cells according to the new york times the united states yesterday started rolling out pfizer biontech booster shots to its vulnerable population including senior citizens and those who work in high risk environments A 12-year-old shark Farid was among the two civilians killed during an anti-encroachment drive earlier this week in Sipajar Circle in Assam's Darang district NDTV reported The second civilian killed was Mainul Haq a laborer and father of 3 The eviction drive was led by a team from the district administration accompanied by several policemen in riot gear and carrying weapons According to NDTV at the time of the incident Farid was returning home after collecting his Aadhaar card from the local post office Hindustan Times reported that he was happy at the prospect of receiving his first identity card his father Khalik Ali told the newspaper and I quote my son was excited about getting his Aadhaar card i have no idea how he got killed unquote Farid was the youngest of four siblings and lived 2 km from where government evictions had begun on Monday. The family hadn't been served any eviction notice. Rafiqul Islam, a family relative told NDTV and I quote, while returning he saw a lot of people in the protest. 
He stood there as bystander and when police opened fire, he was hit. The police fired at him from the front. He took a bullet in his chest and died on the spot. Unquote. Yesterday, many evicted residents also refuted the government's claim that they were given adequate warning. A similar anti-encroachment drive had taken place on Monday in Dholpur's Garukhuti, where nearly 800 families were evicted to clear government land for an agricultural project. According to Hindustan Times, those being evicted are predominantly Bengali-speaking Muslims. Even for a country like ours, with a shockingly large appetite for violence and absurdity, the videos from Darang district in Assam made most of us sit back in horror. Shot during an eviction drive in Sipajar, the video showed the police allegedly opening fire on an unarmed protester and beating a man with batons while another man, a photographer, jumped on his body. But the violence found no mention on primetime coverage of many mainstream news channels. Instead, their focus was on Narendra Modi's meeting with Joe Biden. As Nidhi Suresh wrote in her piece on News Laundry, Assam wasn't mentioned at all by some of the channels, let alone covered in detail. Check out her piece on newslaundry.com. It is titled, Violence, What Violence? India's primetime anchors passed on Assam to discuss Modi hugging Biden. Listeners, the US-India bilateral talks are important, but media houses have a duty to cover all the news, not just a section of it. At News Laundry, we are a small team, but we try our best to bring you the stories that matter. We have been at the forefront of free speech advocacy and the need for an independent news model, as well as a free and accountable press. So if you want to power us, Head on to newslaundry.com and hit that red subscribe button on the top right-hand corner. Remember, when the public pays, the public is served. In a joint statement issued yesterday, India and the US reminded the Taliban regime in Afghanistan of its commitments towards protecting the rights of women and other minorities and of ensuring that Afghan soil is not used for terrorism. According to Times of India, the statement was made during the bilateral talks between India Prime Minister Narendra Modi and US President Joe Biden. The two leaders met in Washington for the first in-person Quad summit. The Quad is a loose geopolitical grouping comprising the US, Japan, Australia and India, formed chiefly to counter China's assertiveness in the Indo-Pacific region. The joint statement given by the two leaders resolved that Afghanistan must abide by the UNSC Resolution 2593 of 2021. The resolution demands that the Afghan territory must never again be used to threaten or attack any country, or to shelter or train terrorists, or to plan or finance terrorist attacks. India and the US also urged the Afghan regime to allow the United Nations and its specialized agencies full and unhindered access to Afghanistan. The statement also talked about bringing the perpetrators of the 26-11 Mumbai terror attacks to justice. Bipin Agarwal, an RTI activist who had questioned the government several times on encroachment of government land, and alleged irregularities in the public distribution system was killed yesterday in Bihar's East Champaran district. According to the Indian Express, the local police confirmed that the incident occurred around 11.30 am in Har Siddhi, where Agarwal was shot by unidentified assailants on a motorcycle. 
Later, they said that he succumbed to his injuries on his way to hospital. The police added that so far no one has been arrested in the case. According to Express, Agarwal's family blamed the local land mafia for the killing. Based on their allegations, they demanded the launch of a fair investigation. His father, Vijay Kumar Agarwal, told reporters, and I quote, My son used to file RTI applications on government land encroachment. The local land mafia had been targeting him. Of late, he had exposed some land encroachers in Harsiddhi market, unquote. He also added that his son feared a threat to his life and sought police protection. However, Eriraj DSP Abhinav Dhiman refuted this saying they didn't have knowledge of him seeking protection. Earlier in 2020, Agarwal had been attacked at his home in Harsiddhi. In 2013, Agarwal had filed a case in Patna High Court regarding the alleged illegal encroachment of about 8 acres in Harsiddhi block. The officials said that the High Court had then issued notices to 90 people to vacate the land. At least 20 RTI activists have been killed in Bihar since 2008. Feminist icon and author Kamla Bhaseen passed away in Delhi today at the age of 75. According to Skrull, Bhaseen was diagnosed with cancer a few months ago. Born on 24th of April 1946 in Mandi Bahauddin district in present-day Pakistan, Bhaseen's books challenged gender norms and furthered women's rights and feminism in India. Her books were translated into more than 30 languages. Most recently, Bhaseen authored the books Satrangi Ladke and Satrangi Ladkia. After partition, her family shifted to Rajasthan in India. Besides her work as an author, Bhaseen also founded the feminist network Sangat, which works with underprivileged women from rural and tribal communities, often using non-literary tools such as plays, songs and art. According to the Indian Express, the Azadi chant that has echoed through civilian protest sites in India over the last few years was first popularized by Bhaseen to advocate against patriarchy. Following gangster Jitendra Man, alias Gogi's murder inside the courtroom of Delhi's Rohini yesterday, prisons in Delhi have been put on high alert starting today. According to the Indian Express, an order was issued by the Delhi Prison's Director General Sandeep Goyal today, announcing maximum alert to be maintained in all jails to prevent incidents of fights or assaults among gangs. He told the paper and I quote, we are staying alert in all jails and will keep a greater vigil on all gang members." Unquote. The order lists 11 protocols that are to be abided by in jails. These include identifying members of rival gangs and adopting proper precautions while taking gang members to courts, hospitals or any place outside for any purpose. If members of rival gangs are lodged in the same jail, their cells will not be opened at the same time. Further, it also advised discrete efforts to be made to develop an intelligence network for collecting information from among the inmates so as to prevent any untoward incidents. The order also stated that all jail staff should be properly briefed and maximum strength of staff deployed inside the prison. Gogi, along with other two gangsters, were killed yesterday by gunmen dressed as lawyers present in court. The two attackers were also killed by special force personnel escorting the gangster. At the Quad Summit, leaders of the United States, Australia, Japan and India 
pledged to pursue a free and open Indo-Pacific region undaunted by coercion. US President Joe Biden, Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga, and Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi said in a joint statement and I quote, "We stand for the rule of law, freedom of navigation and overflight, peaceful resolution of disputes, democratic values and territorial integrity of states." unquote. According to Al Jazeera, the two-hour meeting on Friday will be watched closely in Beijing, which criticized the group as doomed to fail. The Quad is an informal alliance of the four nations with shared interests in the Indo-Pacific region. In recent years, the Quad has assumed a lot of importance as the four countries look to counter China's growing assertiveness in the region. The joint statement of the four leaders didn't explicitly mention China but stressed on the need for promoting a rules-based order that is rooted in international law. Additionally, the Quad leaders also announced their support for small island states, especially those in the Pacific, to enhance their economic and environmental resilience. Appreciating India's plan to resume coronavirus vaccine exports in October, the leaders also took steps to expand vaccines worldwide. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.